This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 26, Awareness. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I am a certified life coach and health coach, and I am passionate about helping Latter-day Saint women strengthen their families. It can often be so challenging navigating family life, and I help you do that through stories and the Word of God. And I'm glad you're here, so let's get going. Thanks for joining me today on the Stand Strong Podcast. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Okay, last week I talked about my daughter Paige being in kindergarten, and then I had a later story about her. Anyway, this is what's so exciting, is that today... I spent a bunch of time at the hospital with Paige and Jordan, her husband, and their new little baby. So this little girl was born yesterday um, afternoon. Her name is Aubrey, and oh, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And it just it was just such a thrill. And another thing that was going on, of course, is this retreat that's coming up. And today I talked to Melanie, who is going to take care of our music for the retreat. She is um, a very skilled pianist and organist and choir director, but she and but she also has like this great knowledge of the you know Christian music and worship music and how to utilize it at the retreat. And man, I was really excited about some of the things that she's going to do and help us with. And so, oh, another aspect of the retreat that really is developing. And it's just thrilling. It's just so thrilling to be part of this and to watch all of these amazing people come together to put on this retreat. So join me with that. Those of you who are still thinking about it, there's still time to register. Um, I still have some scholarship funds available. And so if you're interested in that, you can apply for a scholarship. But it's coming up. It's less than a month away. So it's coming up. Okay. I want to talk today about awareness and, and how taking action to support change and to lead change. I mean, this is one of my great main passions. In all that I do, in all of my coaching and teaching, it is this. It is to avoid this blame and victim mentality. Like women that are just just stuck and I've been there, just stuck in this, man, things are going wrong. And, and I can't seem to um, get out of this situation because all these wrong things are happening around me or life just is not turning out the way I wanted it to. I mean, those kinds of things, moving out of this, this kind of blame and victim mentality and becoming really aware of what is really happening so that you can then take action from this awareness that really supports change and maybe even be the person that leads change. So that is really like one of my main passions. And 
And I do this through coaching quite a bit. I do this also through workshops and and um, teaching and, and here on my podcast. <laughs> but this is, it, I want to talk about it a little bit more today and, and in depth a little bit and really explain what I mean by becoming aware and how becoming aware can lead change. So I was reading in Ephesians chapter 2. And in this in this chapter, um, it talks about how the how Christ reconciles this divide between the Jews and the Gentiles, because it has already been uh, preached from Peter that the gospel needs to go to the Gentiles. What caught my attention specifically was verse fourteen where it talks about Christ has made these two groups one. He has destroyed the barrier. He has destroyed the dividing walls of hostility. He has broken down those barriers and walls. And so when I was reading that, I was just thinking about my own life. I was thinking about how to apply it. And I made a list of the barriers and dividing walls. And I came up with things like um, personality clashes can be a barrier or a wall. Cultural differences can be a real barrier or wall. You know what one of the main things are? Just false beliefs. Just having false beliefs that can really keep me stuck and can be a barrier. And so listing these was really helpful. I just kind of looked there. I, I also thought about, you know, back then, you know, it was a really big barrier and, and, a, and a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile was circumcision. And circumcision, like the Jews practiced circumcision, but the Gentile nations did not. And so this was a, a really dividing wall because of false beliefs that, um, that both groups had. And uh, and cultural beliefs, and and just part of their culture, and so you know, there's just there's much going on, isn't there? You know, if you, if we just reflect on our past, our cultural situations, and and what has been passed on generation to generation to generation, and how this really impacts, um, it it impacts becoming one, like like the Jews and Gentiles, their ability to become one. It just was so impacted by these cultural beliefs. And so anyway, it was useful to to write out my own barriers and dividing walls. And I ask here, you know, for you to just reflect on that for a minute, what would be on your list? Maybe some of the things I listed, but what would be on your list? Think about that for a minute. Now, while I was reading Ephesians chapter two, I started thinking about something that happened my junior year of high school. I was, this was in the spring. So the end of my junior year, it's 1985. (laughs) And of course, all these memories of our hairstyles and our clothes just start flooding my mind. But But what I was thinking about is that at this time, the elections for senior class officers were happening. And I remember sitting in the cafeteria at our high school and I was listening to the campaign speeches that were happening of the different people running for office. And, 
you know, I just thought about all these students. These were all like good kids. I they were these were nice kids. They're all capable of doing the job. I like them all. I didn't know all of them really well, but when it came time to um, hear the speeches of the two students running for senior class president, one was a guy and one was a girl. And the guy gives his speech. This is how I remember it. I remember he gave his speech first. I might be wrong about that. (laughs) But he gave his speech and then it was her turn and she gave her speech. And they both had like great reasons to be the senior class president. How is a person to decide? But at the end of the girl's speech, she said, and if you elect me to be the senior class president, I will be the first female to be the senior class president in the history of our high school, which was, you know, at this time, probably 12 years. So our high school hadn't been, um, you know, it wasn't that old, but she was going to be the first senior class president that was female in our high school. So she says this, and the guy sitting in front of me turns to his buddy next to him, and he says, that just won her the election. (laughs) You know what? She won. What she had to say, like that statement, that statement that I will be the first one, it really kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, really? Like, really? We've never had a female? This is 1985. This is not like in the 19, like the early 1900s, right? I guess it's 1985. I just, I was surprised. This was surprising. And just her making me aware of that solidified my vote. I voted for her. Of course I did. Because I wanted to, I wanted change to happen. I wanted it to be different. I, I, and I wonder now why it was that we had such a pattern of just voting in the young men. You know, why Why did we do that? Why did we just vote in males? I don't know. But it's interesting, isn't it? Like, just to be aware of it. So just the awareness, just that, there wasn't any kind of, like, anger around it. There wasn't any kind of, um, you know, animosity. It really was almost like this feeling within the group of, like, what? Really? Huh. Well, let's change that, shall we? So, so just being aware, just being aware of it can really make changes and let's eliminate the, any kind of hostility or divisions or, um, dividing walls. So consequently, uh, 25 years later or more, something like that, one of my daughters was elected as senior class president. I'm so grateful that things changed. And guess what? A couple years later, another daughter of mine was elected as senior class president. And so, yes, change had to happen. We got to get those Stoker girls in there, right? Lead some change. Now, back to Ephesians chapter 2. When we look at that closely and think about the words there, Christ is the one that destroys the barrier. Christ is the one that makes those groups one. Christ is the one that breaks down the middle wall of partition. And if you look in the King James Version, 
when it talks about breaking down that middle wall of partition, you'll see that in the footnotes under wall, it has us go to the topical guide of veil, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because wall can seem very um, solid. It could be like, well, of course there's a barrier. There's a wall right there. But a veil to me suggests this idea that it's something that is unseen, maybe, maybe unseen, maybe our vision is skewed a little bit or something like that. And so I kind of liked that. I like look thinking out of it that way. But Christ is the one. Christ is the one that softens hearts. He's the one that heals the wounded. It is Christ. And what else caught my attention in Ephesians chapter 2 is that Christ does this through preaching peace. Notice this in there. He talks about he preaches peace to both sides. He preaches peace to the Gentiles, and he preaches peace to the Jews. Both sides, he preaches that. He doesn't preach war. He doesn't preach attacking. He doesn't preach blaming. He preaches peace through peace. And maybe just the awareness, right? Maybe back then it was really just the awareness. Like, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you were born a Jew and you were born an Ephesian. It doesn't matter. So I love that. Just, you know, and just consider that for a little bit. I have another story to help illustrate my own struggle. Okay. And so when I tell you this story, I just ask that you give us all some grace. I'm going to sound like I just know it all. Okay. <laughs> But I don't. I don't know it all. And it was a struggle for me. And I also want you to give some grace to the men that I'm going to talk about, okay? So this is September of 2020, and we finally get to attend church again. But very briefly, we there can be a short... Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember. There can be like a short... Uh, announcements, that kind of thing, a sacrament. It's, you know, it's limited. We can't have the whole congregation there. Only like half of us can come and we trade off week to week. And, and one speaker anyway, it's just, it's really limited, but at least we get to go back and, and most of us are pretty excited about that. So the very first meetings of this um, sacrament meeting, and that's the only meeting we were able to have, the stake president directs the bishop, the bishops of each ward, that he wants the bishops to be that first speaker on that first Sunday when we're all back together. He wants the bishops to speak first, and then he wants members of the ward council to speak. And yeah, just to have, just kind of reintroduce us all to this is the leadership of our ward. Um, this is what they've been thinking about over the past few months, you know, whatever that might be. I actually don't know what he was thinking. I'm just making some guesses. But, but he directs the bishops to be the first speaker and then the, and then the weeks following to have the ward council talk. So very dutifully, our bishop, he spoke first. And we only had one speaker at this time. It was, you know, just really limited. So he spoke. It was great. And then the next week, he had one of his counselors speak. And then the third week, the other counselor spoke. 
The fourth week, the elders quorum president spoke. The fifth week, and I think things are starting to open up a little bit more, we're given a little more time, but the fifth week, we had a missionary return to our ward, and he spoke, and along with him, two elders that were assigned to our ward, they were serving in our ward, they spoke. So those three spoke on that fifth week that we were back together. So, so far, we have five weeks where we've been able to meet since COVID. Seven speakers, all of them are male. And, you know, I didn't really notice it the first couple of weeks, but I started noticing it. And then when it got to this fifth week and three of them were male and none of them were part of the ward council, I I started getting a little steamy inside about it. Because for one, and I learned more of this later, is that not every ward handled it this way. Like, I don't know of other wards that did. In fact, I had a sister who was serving as Relief Society president in another ward in the stake. And she was like the, I don't know, maybe about the third week she spoke in her ward. So it wasn't directed this way for them to have just all male speakers and then get to the females. <laughs> anyway, you people, I had to really coach myself because my mind kept wanting to go to blaming. It kept wanting to go to, like, was frustrated. I was like, I could think of all these things, like the women need to hear from women. Um, you know, why would why would you be so unaware of of what's going on that you would just choose men. And you know what? I know these men. Uh, We have been friends for a long time, 20 years. You know, I've known the bishop for so long. He's such a good man. And one of his counselors, longtime friends, such good men. I really think they just didn't think about it. I think they just did what was easy and and comfortable. And that was just to ask another man. And I can understand that. Later that day, this was the fifth Sunday, of um, meeting together. And I was going to have a temple recommend interview with one of the counselors, the one that was that we were pretty good friends with. And, and I honestly had to manage my emotions and my mind up until this because I wanted to stay in this place of I really just want them to be aware that this has happened. I didn't want to blame. I didn't want to be frustrated or angry or anything. I really wanted to be in this place of love. I love these people. They just need to be aware of what's going on because I think that's what was lacking. And so at the end of my interview with this counselor, I just said, maybe you are not aware, but this is what happened. And then I, you know, the first week, the second week, and we've had all male speakers up until this point. It's been five weeks, seven speakers, all male no female. And so he was, you know, he was like, what? Kind of trying to backtrack and explain. And like, and, and I just said, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. I don't, I'm not like here to like blame or to be upset or anything like that. I really am just pointing it out so that it can be changed. He said, well, we are having a female speaker next week. I'm like, marvelous. Fantastic. Sorry that didn't happen on the third week, but I'm glad that it's happening. This is good. You just need to be aware. Well, what's interesting is um, our bishopric was well over the five-year mark because um, COVID sort of changed that. 
and they their stay in that bishopric was extended, but um, they were released about, I don't know, it was just a few months later. And what's interesting to me is that the next bishopric that came in, within like a month, they had a Sunday where all of the speakers were female. And honestly, I don't know that I have ever seen that. Unless there was like a change in a Relief Society presidency or something that might have happened, maybe. But um, that's probably one of the first times I've ever seen that where it was all female speakers. (laughs) It was was kind of exciting to see that happen. I don't know if the two bishoprics spoke. (laughs) It said, you know... Carrie Stoker pointed this out. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I I was just so thrilled to see that. And it's happened a couple times since where there's just been all female speakers. So looking at both of these examples, you know, the one about the elections and the one about um, this one about the speakers in sacrament meeting, they're similar. And my purpose in telling these similar examples is that at the root of much contention that I see is that there is this uh, kind of this animosity. There's an angst there between men and women in leadership, in authority, in culture. And honestly, I feel like we need to set aside animosity. We need to preach peace and really just become aware become aware and make that awareness known in a way that invites Christ into the change because Christ is the one that breaks down those partitions between us so i want to just ask you what are your current walls of hostility are you staying in a place of love with this or is this is this a ten- contention point with you? Like, are, is there is there hostility? Are there barriers and walls and, um, you know, something there that just really creates the inability to have Christ invited and the one that breaks it down? So I think our role really is just to bring awareness and then to make the change like me. Oh, I'm going to vote differently. Oh, I'm actually going to just go talk to the counselor and the bishopric and just to point it out because change can happen so easily that way without me being upset. And I just want to add again, one more time, (laughs) that I really had to manage my mind around it. I had to check myself over and over and over again that afternoon so that I could stay in this place of no, we just, they just need to be aware. I'm sure it was like a misstep because of ease and comfortableness. So this is my passion, is to bring awareness and to stay out of victim, to stay out of blaming. I love coaching women on this. I love to assist women in becoming aware of the barriers to their growth. And I got a hint for you. (laughs) It's not the way you were raised. It's not another person that's holding you back, okay? Becoming aware of the barriers has so much to do with you and your thinking. All right. I love you. I am so glad to have you join me 
all the way here to the end and to hear my stories and to hear how I have been challenged and struggled with this. And I am excited to talk to you again next week.